Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Deep Dive. I'm Amy. I'm Shane. And today we're going to be talking about longing, despair, and joy. So this week we're going to be reading from two scriptures. The first comes to us from Isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 through 6. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And then verse 10. And to the ransoms of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And here's our second scripture from Matthew eleven two through five. And I'm reading from the common English Bible. Now, when John heard in prison about the things that Christ was doing, he sent word to his disciples to Jesus asking, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus responded, Go, report to John what you hear and see. Those who were blind are able to see. Those who were crippled are walking. People with skin diseases are cleansed. Those who were deaf now hear. Those who were dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. You got caught there in a difficult pronunciation. Did you? Did you? Uh, you made the choice to say Sharon. Mm-hmm, I did. Yeah, and I don't know really what's right here. I've claimed no expertise. I think on Sunday I said Sharon because Sharon. I didn't want people to be like, "Now who is this Sharon? Where's Sharon? What's her story again?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the, you know you have the caramel, which could go very Carmel. Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the same confusion. Maybe no one's thinking that is literally a person, but you know, who knows? True, true, yeah, true. Yeah. So I re-listened to your sermon this morning, and mm, I know, bless you. I know, <laughs> was it my drive-in? Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Um, so you, you lifted up some words, I think, during the sermon that I know we'll talk about. But one of the words that kind of came into my head as I listened to it again today was the word invitation. Actually, um, and and I say that because I really think that this sermon really invited the hearers into considering John the Baptist in a very different mm-hmm. way. Um, and you you shared a little bit about your trip recently to the Middle East, and you know with the photos that you shared, mm-hmm. and I mean really just bringing John the Baptist to life um, in a way that I've not really experienced before. Yeah, I, I had not. Previous really to doing a lot of the work for this sermon, I had not spent a lot of time about thinking of his mental state mm-hmm. at his end of life. Yeah. You know, which which seems ridiculous because obviously how his life ended, one should have 
been thinking about such things. Sure. But for some reason, I didn't. I just think of the, you know, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I mean, right. that's the John I think of. And I start singing, um, you know, Godspell, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the John I think of. And so, I, you know, for me, honestly, it just hit home because I'm there in this cell that John could have been in. And, right. you know, literally I, at one point we were holding up our arms, you know, measuring, oh, yeah, these are arm chains and, and doing that. And so... Understanding that, seeing that even John in those moments, those words, although it doesn't come out to us, but they clearly are when you look at them, these words of sort of doubt and questioning, you know, and the one thing what's really interesting is what the text leaves bare for us is Jesus sends these words back, which sounds so similar to Isaiah and lots of other passages, uh, certainly from Isaiah as well. Uh, um, We don't know how John responded to that. Right, right. (laughs) You know, um, I, I guess I make the assumption that, you know, John, John upon his death, upon being <laughs> in paradise, you know, is in this state where like, you know, he understands the joy. He understands that fuller picture. Um, but I don't know, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting thing to wrestle with, especially mm-hmm. here in this Advent season, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's why I wanted to say that little thing about John being the patron saint same. of spiritual yeah. joy. Now, it, to be clear, it's he's not the patron saint of joy. That's someone else. It's the patron saint of spiritual joy, mm-hmm. which is just bizarre based on like two little things, him jumping in the womb, which I said in the sermon. And then there's a, another part from, I believe John three, where it says he will, he rejoices at the coming of the bridegroom or, you know, yeah. it, it's just, it, it's really interesting to think of it that way, which I think to me, which is why I really related it to that, that, that idea that we have a choice between despair mm-hmm. and joy, because mm-hmm. I, I do think we can use John and the people Isaiah there as a lens to get at this just universal. It's not like this is a question just to us. It was a question John faced, a question that the people in Babylon faced, which is uh, challenging. I, I know our liturgy went into that some. Uh, our Advent liturgy for our Advent candle mm-hmm. literally talked about the choice of joy. Um, and for me, I, one of the things I did struggle with in this text is, and I, I didn't want to make too much of it, uh, and I actually didn't even really preach about it. It's just more my own wrestling in it. At some point when you talk, it's hard to parse out the difference between hope and joy because they seem right. so similar. Sure. You know, maybe maybe in its rawest sense, hope is the expectation, joy is the emotional response to that mm-hmm. expectation. Mm-hmm. But in the same, you know, you know, six six half dozen other whatever, choose an idiom. In many ways, they're just so synonymous. Uh, which is why I think it's interesting that, like, to go back to the Latin description of this Sunday, the Gaudete. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord knows if I'm pronouncing it, the Gaudete, <laughs> the Rejoice Sunday, and so. Um, there's not a lot of incidents of uh, the word joy just in isolation. It's typically the the, the call, rejoice, rejoice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, to me, that's that's much more analogous to celebration. So, you know, Christmas, hope, hope should provoke us to celebration, not require us, but it should provoke. If we mm-hmm. have hope, it should cause us to celebrate. Um, and I think that's the question before us. Are we going to make that choice to celebrate, not because it's going to make the pain easier, mm-hmm. not because it's, you know, it, it's going to be some sort of salve, but because, you know, we honestly have hope. And in that rejoicing, we're going to find some transformation, uh, which I think is, uh, to me, is very compelling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you brought up the word longing, mm-hmm. too, in the sermon. And I, I, I feel a lot of hope 
in the word longing in yeah. the way that you were using it. And, and also of course, this yeah. was a Sunday of it's joy. It's a tricky word, isn't yes. it? You know, because you could read longing and, and, and hear longing and, and certainly hear that used in a negative sense mm-hmm. of like, Oh, you're longing for something you're not going to get. Or a uh, past you know. that's not coming back. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting thing. I, I, I spent some time of thinking like, you know, you could, you could really play that off of nostalgia because mm-hmm. nostalgia, Correct. you know, I, yeah. I find the word even nostalgia interesting, how it was considered <laughs> literally a mental illness for yeah. a, a long period of time. Uh, but longing, yeah, it is interesting that um, this just deep desire for something that's not here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's, particularly fascinating. And I'm going to get to this a little bit in my recommendations, because I think that connects with something that you could read this week that uh, I think helps make this a lot, make a lot of sense. Cause to me, I, I think there also comes a choice when you start getting into these big, broad strokes of hope and longing, right. one could easily arrive at a point of just saying, I have so little control in this life that I might have hope that God's going to set things right. And so therefore I'm not going to choose despair, but I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just here for the ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what's being asked of us uh, because I think a lot of that has to come down to our ex- eschatology or, or literally how do we think God saves and how do we think this is going to end? Um, which is, I think is a really provocative question mm-hmm. that a large portion of Christianity doesn't have great answers for. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm with you on the longing. I, I'm, I'm getting there. It's just yeah. this deep yearning, this, you know, the foretaste of heaven makes me want to have more heaven here right. on earth. And, 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 and to r- relate it back to this theme of gratitude we've been dealing a lot with here at our church is, is your response to this mercy, to this joy, to this hope given to you to desire it for others out of a sense of gratitude. And I That's definitely exactly where I was yeah. about to okay. go. With okay. That. Yeah. 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 I'm curious your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, because it, I think sometimes we think about, particularly during Christmas, we're thinking about the joy that we have or mm-hmm. don't or don't have um, and the joy that we feel or don't feel. And I think Christmas, the Advent season, um, it's just a really unique opportunity to think about others. In that way, and how can we help create hope? Mm-hmm. How can we help create peace and joy for others? Um, and I think many times those feelings come to us through the ways that we help other people experience those things. Yeah, to get a little—I mean, this this isn't necessarily embraced in the sermon, but I think this is the logical extension of it. Is this is funny game? I feel like we play during Christmas that, like, if we really logically analyzed it. What I'm essentially doing is putting everything I want in an Amazon card, yeah. and all I'm doing is handing that to my wife to right. hit the button to hit OK. Right. You know, it, it's just in some ways it's literally that ludicrous. And mm-hmm. then, and then, you know, depending on how affluent one is, often what times what happens is this is the time of year one gives themselves permission to buy themselves gifts. Sure. Okay. Like I'm not knocking that. I'm just more. <laughs> I'm more talking about the reality. And so, like, the gifts aren't surprises. They are for kids, you know, yeah. so um, in, in many ways. But, like, you know, anyone that's ever had a kid also realizes they're going to get a ton of stuff that, boy, it's 50-50 whether they're going to give right. a care or not, you know. And so uh, it, I think this really could be a season that if we wanted to be really subversive with it, if we wanted to take it to its logical end, we might be able to say, 
do I want to keep participating in this thing where like I give you a list or I send, I literally hand you a laptop, buy this right. for me. <laughs> and and particularly if you're someone who's married or, or you're doing shared finances with anyone, it's like, it's all the same money, yeah, you know? So, right. you know, the other alternative is it like I squirrel away money slowly <laughs> over the year. That way, that way my wife doesn't know I have this money and then I can buy her for something, but I'm not advising that. I don't think that. <laughs> right. I, that I could lead to some yeah. like odd conversations yeah, if discovered. I do not think that's a great idea. So, um, you know, what, what is, yeah, this gratitude, how does this, how could we instead think about different types of gifts or literally just, Mm -hmm. yeah, just being more showing our gratitude externally. I, I know for us, one of the things we've tried to do is instead of giving things, give experiences yes. because, yep. because then maybe the surprise comes in the experience itself. Like mm-hmm. you might know you're getting an experience, but you get to go do it as opposed right. to just saying, Oh, you know, I got a new pair of sunglasses or something, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for me, I've asked for lint rollers quite a bit mm. in the years. And ironically, that's the thing I don't get. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. I, I mean, I, I think I like to see the rise of uh, charitable giving, you know, that certainly this is a big time of year for nonprofits and mm-hmm. churches, but I, 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 man, there's a lot of subversive stuff in there. If we're going to take that sense of longing really to its logical extent, if I'm longing for something different, why am I asking for things I don't necessarily need? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a complicated question. I don't claim to be doing this well at all because (laughs) I am not. Um, But it's a question that uh, I think if I wasn't so busy being a pastor in a church, it might gnaw on me a little bit more. (laughs) So, yeah. So at the end of our Isaiah reading, these very kind of last words that we get um, is this phrase, the sighing shall flee away, the mm-hmm. sigh no more yeah. in, in some translations. And um, you, you hit on that for sure in your sermon and even included a song, the sigh no more after. So I was hoping you could say just a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to the song I used. It's uh, Audrey Assad's uh, cover of the Mumford & Sons song, Sigh No More. Ironically, it does seem like it comes from this passage, but it doesn't. It's the many of the lyrics are actually from uh, Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Huh, how about that? Um, but you know, obviously, Shakespeare is going to have biblical references. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I honestly think in Marcus's writing of the song, I don't think he's thinking of Shakespeare. I think he's just using that language. I, yeah. I, I think it's clear from the text of this. He's clearly in a conversation with some other people that he's making amends to, but also reminding himself of God's promises and who mm-hmm. that wants the, the, the love and what that love is making him to be, you mm-hmm. know, I, the, I think the bridge is super clear about that. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Um, I was really struck by just some, some things I read Michael Gerson's article in the Washington post, uh, which I'll put a link in mm-hmm. the, the article about that. Um, or in the memo about that, some stuff I'd read on the journey for Jesus blog. I, I thought it was really interesting because uh sigh, sigh is just a physiological reaction to something. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a rough day. You get home and you sigh. Um, the, there's the, you know, you see what's out there inside. I, I don't know about you. I've had some sighing a lot recently because it's, Everywhere you could go for news of any sort of sort, it's just not great. And and yeah. and the second you get some hope, boy, it can be knocked back mm-hmm. if you just spend too much time on Twitter. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I, and often what what if if you were to put the 
physical response to that. It is a sigh. I, I also thought it was interesting too. They were talking about you could take all the pain away. Um, and my, I've lived a privileged life. I, I've, I'm in good health. I've, you know, we're financially in a good place. We're, we're in a lot of good places and yet I can still see the suffering and sighing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like sighing is the last thing to go. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and sighing is interesting because maybe you could sigh in some good senses, but generally it's when we're weary, Mm -hmm. it's when we're full of sorrow that we just have these sighs and, and it's something, it's almost something we can't help. Right. You know, so it's not, it's not that we control ourselves and we've learned to manage the pain. It's literally the thing we can't control is the last thing to go. And I I think that's interesting. Honestly, listening to that song on Sunday, it just like brought a tear to my eye because Mm it, it's something that like in that moment, I realized taking away that sort of last vestige of pain is something I can't control, but I really do have hope for. Um, and I really do. It gives me a sense of joy. And so it is that the tear I have is not necessarily a tear of pain. It's a tear of joy. Um, I, I think there's also something too, particularly at this season to learn how to mix the despair with the joy. There's mm-hmm. like a melancholiness to the joy, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I think why I like Audrey Assad's cover of that song mm-hmm. so well. Again, I'll link in the notes um, because it's a little, you know, the Mumford Son song is great. Yeah. It's great. But he, at the end, it drives it's a little a, hard. It's upbeat a little yeah, bit it drives more. a little. And yeah. she, she uses a little more, there's a melancholiness mm-hmm. to it. And she's just got this beautiful sort of breathy voice that adds to it. And so a lot of music I tend to like ends up being, I would say, melancholily joyful. <laughs> if that's how I describe <laughs> it. And I do think there is something about that to this season, because obviously mm-hmm. this is a difficult season. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to drive at that point a little bit. I, I think the mistake we could make in faith is to think that faith's going to come in and just paper over our wounds. Mm-hmm. Those wounds are always going to be there because because those things were not okay. And there's nothing that we can do to make those things okay that we experience. It's more that like what God can now do with this soil, us, this, Mm -hmm. you know, if we see ourselves as a desert, God still can come into that desert and offer new possibilities. That's, we've been using a lot of, uh, uh, what's the theology? I'm forgetting my, it's slipping my brain here, process theology mm-hmm. in, in some of our liturgy, because I, I love the idea that it's this God, idea that God is still active in our yeah. lives. It's not deistic. God is still here acting. And that's the way I, I, I think of this, that, you know, faith is not going to make things easier, but it is going to give us new possibilities after going through it. And it's going to give us people to journey together to mm-hmm. help share the load. Um, I think that's something important to remember because it, it allows us to be okay with having joy that still has some melancholy in it. Now's the time in our show where we like to do recommendations, things that we think you'd be interested, things you'd like to dive in later. Sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're serious, but uh, I think overall they're pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So. so mine today is utilitarian. Actually, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> a, Super a new, joyful. Yes, very. Well, actually, it is. Okay. Okay. So, my recommendation today um, is for some smart plugs, actually. Oh, okay. and, and here's why. So, you know already, I have multiple trees. That's true. That's around true. the house. And so, we have hooked up each of our trees to an Amazon smart plug. Okay. And we can just say, Alexa, turn on Christmas. And so, if you're listening on the speaker now, <laughs> 
your, Correct. Your, your your system will go crazy. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. your Christmas will come on. Yeah, yeah. Whereas our house, we do similar things. We don't say turn on Christmas, yeah. but we have a we say, okay, Google, turn on the Christmas tree. So now I've done that for you. So we got both we got the Perfect. Amazon and the Google. We did covered. It. Yeah. You're welcome. So you just say turn on Christmas and yeah. it turns on all your trees. Yeah. And so do you do you kind of <laughs> weep when you say turn off Christmas? Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's really helpful because we have some trees upstairs. They're in different rooms. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you can be in bed and like, oh, I forgot to turn off the trees. And yeah, you just say it. Yeah, that's a lot of trees to wrangle. It that's is. True. That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, my recommendation is an article this week in Time magazine, but it's available online. Uh, and it's just called The New Testament. What the New Testament doesn't say what most people think it does about heaven. Hmm. Um, and it is by N.T. Wright, who's a well-known scholar. Mm-hmm. He's written a book I've referenced in a couple sermons called Surprised by Hope. Mm-hmm. In many ways, this article is like a really super condensed version of that. I, I can't recommend it enough because he, he does just, he's so deft at doing this where he's able to describe the more biblical Christian worldview. It's like we don't die and go to heaven. You know, our afterlife is the resurrected life here on earth. Mm-hmm. And what I think is so powerful that, which would, which relates to what we're talking about today is if you start to see your afterlife as taking place here on this earth, that this earth will be transformed. How does Revelation end? With the new heaven mm-hmm. and new earth and Jerusalem all melding. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's, that's the ending. Mm-hmm. And so if you start to understand that that's where we're going, it changes your understanding. It's like, well, why wait? Right. Well, let's begin this process of, of that you know, the inbreaking of God's kingdom, because here's where we're going to be. Let's go ahead and start making it like that now. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's particularly powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it just changes one's orientation to where we live and what we should be doing. And how we care for the earth. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, All these things, the link to the sermon where you can watch it or listen to it or in the notes, all the links to our recommendations will be there in the notes as well. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Make sure to like us on, uh, what is it, Apple, iTunes and Google Play Store, Mm -hmm. all those things recommended to us, friends, even there on YouTube. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.